All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from First Shift, and let's go chat. What's up, everybody? Chris here from Four Shift Fitness and the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, Awesome week last week. Let me get my phone out of my pocket so it doesn't distract me. Awesome week last week um, with the downloads and people uh, reaching out about their the episode about my relationship with alcohol and the 14-ish. We had two more people finish up their 14-ish and one more person is ending it in two days when I'm recording this. So congratulations if you did the 14-ish. Join me next time. Katie's already been throwing me some ideas about the 14-ish and how she wants to change it next time. Um, what she wants to do is, since we talked about alcohol, was maybe instead of limiting alcohol, instead of taking something away, we're going to add something, add something good. So keep our low level alcohol drinking our kind of, you know, no big deal alcohol drinking, but add in the amount of water we're supposed to be drinking per day. And I like that approach a lot because that's what I try to do with guys uh, at work or my clients is like, Hey, keep the pretty good things you're doing. Let's add some good stuff on top of it. And that way, you know, you're well around. You're not going to stop people from drinking too much coffee or, or whatever, but maybe you can drink more water while you're drinking too much coffee and then it'll even out a little bit. Anyways, you guys came through with the 14-ish. You came through with the dad jokes and you came through again with a question I put up on Instagram the other day, which was how has the job changed you? And it came to mind because I really screwed myself over leaving work one day, about Saturday, Friday, Saturday morning or something like that. Really screw myself over. Um, I'm going to get into that. It's a crux of the episode. But before that, I want to share how you guys said that the job has changed you. And I'm going to read through all of them. There's, there's quite a few here. And man, I thank you so much for answering that. It's a difficult question. Um, makes you kind of look inside and admit some things, I think. It was hard for me to do. And uh, you guys turned, up, turned out for it. But all right. So I'm going to read through these. How has the job changed you? That's what I put on Instagram. Structure and routine at home became different, leading to some marriage issues. I became desensitized to things desensitized to things I had to learn to stop sharing with non-fire department people. I'm more compassionate and do not take the little things for granted. I absolutely cannot stand firehouse gossip. I'm not willing to put up with as much BS as I used to. I hear so much negativity at work that I avoid it at all costs in my personal life. Honestly, I'm more compassionate now. I know it sounds like BS, but it's true. This was a fan favorite. I love to help people, but I also hate people. Uh, I'm introverted due to seeing unnecessary negativity and hostility at the fire department. I'm exhausted. 
I haven't felt truly rested since before I got hired. Uh, I have increased negativity towards the world, people, and seeing so much more as BS. The firehouse is clean daily, so messes at home are difficult to handle. Insomnia, lack of trust in others, everyone says you're a brother until it's time for promotion. I don't trust people and I see the worst in strangers. I have apathy towards others. I'm less gullible, more distrustful. My value of my time is different. Uh, hypocrisy, hypocrisy from management telling you that they care about you and then running you into the ground. Uh, and then the last one, naturally a firehouse uh, personality coming through here. I'm never disappointed in what people accidentally fall on. I mean, talking about butt jokes. Okay, so that's how you guys have said the job has changed you. And I was going to do a kind of episode on like, well, these aren't all negative, you know, just because you're um, just because you're less willing to put up more BS than you used to. That's not a bad thing necessarily. That's I think that's actually a positive trait. And then there's other one like I'm exhausted. I'm apathetic. Um, I'm more distrustful. I see the, the worst in strangers. Again, not necessarily the worst things in the world. Uh, they can be. They can be negative kind of traits or personality traits or whatever, but I don't consider them automatically bad. So thank you for sharing, with me, sharing those with me and everybody. And here's how I screwed myself the other day. So I picked up overtime, which I rarely do. I have this feeling about overtime. Um, some people take it because they need the money. Some people take it because they like being at work. Some people take because they need the money. I usually don't take it. I'd rather pinch pennies or cut back somewhere or whatever for in need of a couple extra bucks. And that's how I make up the difference. I'd rather not go to work. And it's because of this right now with my assignment on the ambulance primarily and uh, going through COVID and all that stuff going through the pandemic. I don't, I don't view the risk of being at work worth the reward of the extra money right now. The way I view it is every minute you're at work, you increase your chances of exposure to something physically gross, emotionally gross, mentally stressful. Um, you know, you can't sign up for overtime and then pick and choose the calls you want to go on. You can't even do it on your regular shift, so why would you be able to do that in overtime? So I view overtime as just more opportunities to get screwed up. That's just me, okay? Other people take it constantly and continuously for one reason or another. That's just my thought on overtime. Now, I got an overtime call to work with Joe Galley and another friend of mine. Best case scenario, crew. No offense to my crew. Best case scenario, assignment, back 12 on an engine. Um, so I went for it. Why not, right? I'm working the next day. I can do my back 12 on an engine, then just go right into my ambulance and have a good day. Did my overtime shift, all good. Did my regular shift, typical. Uh, but the whole time I've been planning on, okay, when I get off work on Saturday morning, I'm going to go skate. So yes, I've been gone for 36 hours, but I got to do something for me and kind of de-stress a little bit, unwind a little bit. I'm going to go play hockey. We were up a few times at night during my shift. And for some reason that threw like a wrench in my brain come time to leave. You know, so I, I said, all right, I'm going to leave here right at, um, six so I can get to this gate that starts at seven. It goes from 7 to 8.40. These are all details you may not care about, but I'm setting up the, the scene. Got out around 6.45, so I'm 15 minutes late. I'm going to show up to the skate 20 minutes late. By the time I get on the ice, I'll be 30 minutes late. Then there's an hour left, right? And for some reason, even though I've shown up to this skate late before in the past, even though, like, it's no big deal, it's always more fun to go, I know the guys I'm skating with, um, I'd always rather be there. They'd have rather have me be there, I think. 
for some reason, it threw a wrench in the works in my brain. So I rushed to get out of work. I didn't do my regular uh, decompression, de-stress, put a little bit of separation up routine because I was going to go skate. That was going to be my, my separation. Started second-guessing myself, got into a weird mental gymnastics trick, talked to Katie, kind of decided, I don't think I'm going to go to hockey anymore. I think I'm just going to come home because I don't want to be that late for it. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. So instead of going, so then I screwed myself twice. Didn't do my regular de-stress for decompression routine. And then I abandoned the planned decompression routine and went straight home. Recipe for disaster. Got home, was not a good dude, not a good dad, not friendly to be around, not happy, instantly irritated. Um, So Katie sent me in the backyard. She said, go do this project you've been trying to do. First, take an hour, go and do some business stuff so you feel productive, and then go work on this project. So I did all that stuff, started doing the project, and as I was doing the project, that was fine, but as soon as the kids came out and were their their typical super energetic, crazy selves, for some reason, I just could not, I could not um, deal with it. Like, I had such a short fuse when it came to people. Projects were fine. Um, besides the fact that for some reason I could not keep a thought straight in my head. Maybe it was a sleep deprivation because we were up until like 2.33 in the morning. Um, maybe it was just the overall stress out of a routine. I don't know. The project was challenging, but I would measure something, go back to it, not know how I measured that that incorrectly. That was not too stressful or too bad. But as soon as the kid came out, kids came out and started whining or yelling or screaming or anything, it just it was just more than I can handle. And so um, in that moment, I was like, well, what is going on here? Like, why am I so frustrated? I'm not getting frustrated with making the wrong cut on this project or, you know, screwing something in the wrong place or not or forgetting to buy something from the store. But as soon as the kids come out, I got no tolerance. I have no ability to deal with their noise for some reason. Um, I know that's not like a, a typical thing to say, like you can't stand your kids. The Instagram world and the, the parenting world is full of people who are doing it perfectly. And it makes you feel real inferior if you uh, admit that sometimes your kids get on your nerves or you just don't feel like playing with them sometimes or you just got to get away from them. But that's true, man. That's how I felt. And so I was like, well, I don't like that feeling. What's going on here? And it made me, it kind of shoved it in my face that um, maybe this job's changed me a little bit. Like maybe my resiliency is far more fragile than it used to be. Maybe it's because of the years on the job. Maybe it's because of my current assignment. Maybe it's because of um, I didn't do my routine. But man, I was I was like super fragile and rattled that morning, and that, I don't like that. Like it just it it's very annoying to me that I need special consideration or special measures after going to work and coming home. I should be able to just go to work, do the thing, leave it there, and then come home, or even bring it with me and come home. The fact that I need extra steps and extra attention to my brain, I don't like that because it's extra. And I don't, I do love feeling extra. I love being extra. I love my fanny packs and my special coffee. But when it comes to like um, self-care stuff, it feels extra. I don't want it. I just want to do my thing and keep moving on, right? But then I was thinking, maybe it's not me, maybe it's the kids. Um, because I don't remember feeling this way before I had kids, but now I got this two-year-old and four-year-old super hyper mirror in front of me, and they're giving me back what I'm giving them. Before, if I would come home and I was tired, it was pretty easy not to hang out with Katie. She was going to work. I was doing whatever. I was going to skate. I was just not, we were high in the morning, whatever, see you later, bye. 
so one time my friend was telling me like, no, after shift, you know, if I'm sleep deprived, I don't get irritable. I don't get frustrated. I just, um, you know, I just got to catch up on sleep. And somebody else was like, wait, don't you live alone? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, then how do you know if you don't get irritable or frustrated? Like, it's hard to tell if you're getting or not getting those things unless you have someone receiving those things and telling you and reacting tell you you are. But now I got those things. I got those things in the kids. Then I thought like, well, I don't want it to be the kids, so maybe it's the job. Nope. Unfortunately, I think it's pretty much me. So um, my mind started going like, well, what, what can I tie this into, right? So I was able to recover probably around noon. I was feeling better. I felt like I got some stuff done. I, I got like three quarters of the way done on the project in the backyard. I had done some business stuff, sent some emails. I just need to feel accomplished like I did something, you know. And once I did those things and I felt like I had done something, it clicked in my head of like, oh, this is one of the things this could be is compassion fatigue, right? So with building something in the backyard, the tools and the wood and the screws and the pavers and all that stuff don't need my care. I need to do stuff to them and I, I just deal with them and that's it. They're not giving me anything back. When the kids come out, that's something and some people I have to care for. And immediately I got no tolerance for that. So in my mind, it was a very clear connection to compassion fatigue. Okay. And let me get to, I wrote down some warning signs and kind of what compassion fatigue is. And I think as we think back to some of the original statements uh, that I said in the beginning of this thing, they kind of tie in there, right? And it's a very common thing. It's definitely getting recognized more frequently and more um, readily now, but it's been around forever. We just didn't have a really good name for it. So compassion fatigue, basically think about it, You got nothing left to give. You got no more empathy, sympathy, care, your, your field of of F's is barren and void. Now you notice I'm not swearing and bleeping it out anymore because I have video. Video is too hard for me to edit. So if any of you guys are savvy video editors and I can start swearing and then you can easily edit it out, let me know because sometimes it gets difficult for me not to let the F-bombs drop. But um, compassion fatigue warning signs. Feelings of helplessness and powerlessness in the face of patient suffering. Reduced feelings of empathy and sensitivity, feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by work demands, feeling detached, numb, emotionally disconnected, and loss of interest in activities you used to enjoy. Hey, wait a second. I was going to go play hockey, and at the zero hour, I decided not to go play hockey. Okay. Feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by work demands. Fine with building something, but the kids show up. I'm overwhelmed and exhausted by their smallest gripe or like, hey, dad, come here. Got no, got no tolerance for it. Detached, numb, and emotionally disconnected. Um, yeah. Uh, helplessness and powerlessness in the face of patient suffering. Doesn't really apply at home, but you can see kind of where it's going. So it's one of these things where as we look back on those original statements here, uh, compassion to become desensitized, um, not willing to put up with BS. I see so much negativity at work. I don't want to deal with my personal life. Uh, I love people, but also hate people, um, introverted, exhausted, increased negativity towards the world, seeing so much more as BS, uh, lack of trust in others, uh, don't trust in people, see the worst in strangers, apathy towards all apathy towards others, more distrustful, um, all that stuff. Right. So compassion fatigue, look it up, check it out. That's my little tale of woe. Poor me, right? Even saying like, poor me, dude, you had a, you, you're tired, get a grip. Like you don't need a episode about compassion fatigue. You need to be a dad, 
Be happy you have kids that you love and that are healthy. So what if you stayed up at night and you didn't get to go play hockey? You got the biggest problems in the world. Figure it out and be a good dad. That's what I want to say to myself. That's the constant struggle of knowing better, but not wanting to do better because it's too difficult. And uh, so then I was listening to another podcast, listening to the um, Theo Vaughn podcast um, this past weekend. I mean, hilarious comedian, right? Then he has a guy, Duncan Trussell on, who is equally as hilarious and unique in his own way. And uh, they, they got into a kind of a conversation here because in my mind, I was having that debate with myself, like, dude, just figure it out. You're fine. Like, there's nothing actually wrong. You love your kids. They want to spend time with you while you're doing a project. Like, that's normally a really fun, I shouldn't say normal. Sometimes it's a really fun thing, depending on the project and their interest level and their ability level with whatever tools we're using. What are you so angry about? Why is this such a frustrating part for you? Um, and so I was listening to this episode of them and they were talking about mindfulness meditation in a very comedic sort of way right but what they said they broke it down pretty in a pretty funny way and they were talking about how meditation uh they were talking about meditation specifically not mindfulness specifically but meditation doesn't make you a better person meditation doesn't transform you into this spiritually centered and immediately zen person you can meditate every single minute of your life and still be a jerk what meditation does, what mindfulness does in, in relation to it, in parallel to it, is it gives you the chance to make a decision if you want to be a jerk or not. So it doesn't make you not a jerk, but it gives you a split second, like a millisecond gap in your brain between receiving information and being a jerk with that information or to that information and, or receive that information. How do I want to handle this information? I can choose to be a jerk or not. And I thought that was just a really funny way to contextualize it because I've never really thought about what mindfulness and meditation give you. It doesn't give you necessarily enlightenment. It gives you the option to act like an enlightened person. And they said that this Ram Dass guy who is a big, Duncan Trussell is a big Ram Dass fan. I've, I've looked up two quotes from him. Um, seems like someone who has a lot to teach, did have a lot to teach. But anyways, he was saying, uh, to paraphrase, if you enlighten an a-hole, you'll just get an enlightened a-hole. Like, it doesn't make them less of an a-hole. It just gives them the option to not be one if they choose to be. So, little case for mindfulness there, right? If nothing else, it gives you the opportunity to argue with yourself more about the way you're acting versus the way you want to act. But eventually, maybe when you're receiving in that stimuli, whatever it is, it'll build in that millisecond of decision point where you can consciously decide to be a jerk or not. That's what mindfulness, mindfulness and meditation give you. Um, so if you're interested in gaining that little thing, if you find yourself to be too reactive sometimes or, um, doing things and not knowing why you're doing them, like why your emotions overrunning you, why you feel out of control, why you feel like you're being driven by your emotions and you want to do better, you know, a little bit of mindfulness or a little bit of meditation. If you find a version you like, or a system you like, um, can give you that decision point. It can give you, it can build in that conscious decision point of like, okay, I'm going to be a jerk or not, or I'm going to approach this in this way or not. So just a little, a little case for mindfulness, all right? Let me look back at my notes here. I think we got pretty much all of it. Basically a story about how I sabotaged myself and turned into a jerk to my kids, and now I want to do better. Um, not saying I'm going to do better. Let's get that absolutely clear also. But I'm going, I want to do better. I want to have the mindfulness in place to better make a decision when I'm getting frustrated. Um, to recognize when I'm suffering from compassion fatigue. You know, on my overtime shift, we went on one or two calls. On my regular shift, we went on um, eight or nine, I think, spread out through 24 hours. 
not an overwhelmingly large amount of calls necessarily, but the fact that I was caring for people or responsible for people or um, conscious of my role for the 36 hours inflict a lot of compassion fatigue upon me. I think it does that or result in a lot of compassion fatigue at the end of it. And uh, now hopefully I can better recognize that and recognize that me sabotaging and saying, no, I don't want to go play hockey is a byproduct of compassion fatigue, not an actual thing I want to do. I want to go play hockey and have fun and decompress after shift. But I get in that mental struggle of compassion fatigue, feeling guilty, not being home and then sacrificing things I know will make me feel better and make me a better father because the guilt and the fatigue is overrunning my rational thinking. Let's end this on a, a note of solidarity. Okay. We're all just figuring this out, man. We're all just figuring out. We're all screwing up. We all got stuff to learn just because we make the same mistake once doesn't mean we're not going to make it again. Um, especially when it comes to this, uh, meditation, mindfulness thing, dude, if you react poorly, five times and the sixth time you react poorly, but at least you recognize there was a decision in there that you could have not acted poorly. I think that's pretty good progress. And maybe by the 10th or 15th time, maybe you start actually seriously considering that alternative route to your actions. I would love to see it sooner for myself. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I'm trying, I'm working on, at least I'm recognizing the stuff, right? But Hey, we're all figuring this out. I don't like saying we're all in the storm together. We're all in this together. We're not right. Um, there's a storm and everybody's suffering through the storm, but we're all in different places. Some people are on the plane, the boat, in the water, on land. The storm's there. We're all going through it in a different way. Um, but we're all going through something. We're all trying to figure it out. And uh, thank you guys for sharing how this job has changed you. I know it's a tough topic. It requires a little bit of mindfulness and self-reflection, not super comfy. Um, but I dig it. And thank you. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're watching on YouTube. If you want to support the show, here comes the regular spiel. If you want to support the show, there's a buy me a coffee button where you can donate to the show. Uh, It helps me rent out the spaces. It helps me um, upgrade my video equipment, my audio, stuff like that. Helps me bribe my guests with lunches, which we got a few guests coming up. Um, Since I'm in this space now, it's easier to coordinate. I've opened up some invitations to more people I work with, people you've heard from, Patrick, Joe Galley, Kurt Hansen. All those guys can come back on. We also have more that I'm interested in getting on to tell their story and kind of wrap a little bit. So, If you dig it, please share it with someone. Please send me a message, say, hey, what's up? Or go and donate some money. Um, I'm down with that too. All right, guys, until next time, let's all keep working on being more capable and durable both on the job and away from it. Talk to you guys soon. Be a force shifter.